Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the world's strongest man, a world champion in not one, not two, but three different sports. Mark Henry and I get you ready for Survivor Series on Sunday. And what better way to do that? Then the voice of SmackDown Live on Fox, Corey Graves, joins us here on the Busted Open Podcast. Plus, we get into the week that was in pro wrestling, and Mark has some amazing insights on AEW, especially Lance Archer. We do that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. You know what? If circumstances were different, Mark, I think this next guest and I would be Best friends. If the circumstances were a little bit different. Now let's go out to our next guest, and that is the great, and I do mean great, Corey Graves. Corey, how are you this morning? I am spectacular, Dave. How are you? I'm excited to have you on. Thanks for joining us today. I am extremely excited to be in the presence of WWE Hall of Famer and World's Strongest Man, Mark Henry. Yeah, I'm sitting here right now with the praying hands. Just that's just kind of a, just a slight in on honor me, but... of my guy, right. uh, Mark. I'm uh, when they asked me to call Busted Open, I was like, "Is it going to be Bully? Is it going to be Mark?" And I, once they told me Mark was there, I was all in. Uh, so, if, if there's any way we can just kind of keep this between you and I, that would be really, really spectacular. Oh, I think that's not that's not. Oh nice. uh, well, I guess I guess we could do that. We could do that. I mean, doing, I mean, New man? Jersey's not exactly known for its journalism. I am magnificent right now. I'm in Orlando. It is sunny. I'm watching the airplanes from the uh, the lobby of the hotel. Not a bad way to start the day. Not a bad way. You know what? We've um, we've had a lot of conversation uh, about you on this show. I mean, I'm, I'm sure your ears have been burning. And um, there's a lot of fans. They want to know. What is the beef that you have with New Jersey? Mark, you've, you've been to New Jersey. You've been all over the globe. Uh, and, yeah. and, listen, and I'm sure if Dave were, were spawned in a different state, perhaps we could be close friends, best friends even. But, uh, you know, his New Jersey heritage really, it, it makes it hard to, to really get to want to get to know him. I did learn about uh, Action Park last night via HBO, well, and I had a question for LaGreca. Have you ever been to Action Park? Corey, you know what's funny is I live less than one mile away from the old Action Park, which is now uh, a ski resort called Mountain Creek. But I am I, literally less than a mile away from there. Okay, great. You've actually scored a, a litany of points with me. We can proceed as po- as planned with the, uh, the interview. <laughs> <laughs> yes, anyone that's you know from New Jersey or even New York. Uh, knows Action Park very, very well, especially if you were a kid in the 80s like me. So, yes, there were, there were a lot of near-death experiences for me in Action Park. 
Well, you, you've earned some street cred after I watched the documentary last night. So there we go. We can be, we can be pals now. And, and Corey, there was, I almost died in the wave pool at Action Park, and I was choking <laughs> and trying to get air, and a lifeguard looked down at me and says, what's the matter? Can't you swim? And walked away. And, I, uh, and wow. fortunately and then, for me, the wave carried me where I was able to grab the wall and get out of the pool. But, yes, that did happen to me at Action Park. Well, I'm glad you didn't meet your untimely demise, but uh, it was quite a fascinating look at uh, that, 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 in my opinion, just kind of summed up New Jersey as a whole very well. <laughs> yeah, you know, usually it all it takes is one question, and she says yes, and you could probably do it by just buying her a burger at Bennigan's, but I digress. Um, <laughs> Corey, Corey uh, well, I, got, I do have a lot of questions, and I do want to get into Survivor Series. I do, but, too. Yeah, but one, th- one thing I do want to ask you about, and – and listen, in all, in all seriousness, and I say it here uh, on Busted Open all the time, is that, man, you have been killing it on SmackDown, and you have an awesome chemistry with Adam Cole. Do you feel like you really have hit your stride on commentary on SmackDown? I, well, I, I, first of all, I have a great chemistry with Michael Cole, not Adam Cole. Oh, but sorry. I, I, put, I, 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 I Well, you may have, you may have right. chemistry with That's Adam right. Cole, we, too, but you do have the great it's chemistry okay. with Michael now. Cole. You, you and I are, are, are we're good now, so I'm not going to beat you up too hard on that. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, what's to say about Cole that hasn't been said? I mean, in my opinion, he's the greatest play-by-play guy that doesn't get nearly the love that he deserves. And yeah. I think he stepped into a, a role basically trying to replace the, you know, one of the greatest of all time in Jim Ross. So people are always going to look at, at Cole as not quite Jr. But, I mean, Cole's been doing this for 20-something years now, and in my, he, he's, you know, very responsible for my success, and he's held my hand along the way and, and really let me kind of grow into the role. And he's, he's facilita- facilitated it the whole, the whole way, and he's become one of my closest friends outside of business. Um, so, and I, I'm of the... I'm a firm believer that you have to have chemistry with your tag, or, you know, your tag team partner, your commentary partner. So we spend, you know, plenty of time hanging out socially and getting to really know each other and chatting about music and everything not wrestling. Um, but I give so much of the credit to Cole, but I appreciate the compliment. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now, Corey, and you know uh, I feel this way because we've had this conversation before. Um, there have been several wrestlers that um, – careers ended way too soon uh especially according to the talent you know stone cold is the top of the list when it comes to guys that were great and had lost their career because of injuries people like page i think that you're in that category too you're one of the guys that i liked uh a lot when you first came in and I got to see you when you first came in, and I used to tell you all the time, man, slow down. And once you slowed down, like, it was poetry. I, I really hate that you didn't get to fulfill your wrestling destiny, but you transitioned, unlike a lot of people, you were able to take a different direction and run with it, and I, I'm just—I don't know how to say, how much prouder I could be, but it, do you feel like you found something to uh, take that hunger from the ring away? I don't think I'll ever completely not miss some aspect of it. I mean, particularly now, even when I'm 
calling matches with a lot of guys that were my contemporaries and are my friends, you know, Seth Rollins, Corbin, and a lot of these guys. Usually if I go over the top during commentary, it's either because I'm bored and just trying to entertain myself or nine times out of ten it's because they're actually my friends and, I, and I, you know, it's cliche, but you crank the volume up. Um, so it, I still miss a little bit. I'd love to, you know, get in there and mix it up with Rollins on, on a Raw or SmackDown one, one day. So I, I don't think it'll ever be gone completely. But that said, it's been a few years now, and I've really had time to kind of grow and sink my teeth into the role. And I've had a lot of great people around me helping me along the way. And I, I've settled into this role, and I've accepted it, and I've learned to love it. I, I, even initially, I was kind of apprehensive. I wasn't sure. It obviously wasn't the goal. I wanted to be intercontinental champion, not sitting at ringside. But, you know, right. I, I, the, the life dealt me a certain deck of cards, and I, I played them the best I could. And, uh, but now I, I get thrilled in, in different ways. Like, I love when our studio puts together these great cold opens and video packages, you know, before every pay-per-view or even in the middle of a Raw. And just to hear the, the sound bites and, and things that, you know, I can add from time to time that live on. That, to me, is, is a thrill that I never would have been exposed to or looked at, you know, as an in-ring competitor. Um, so I think it kind of opened up the business as a whole to – to leave my, my fingerprints on it in several different manners as opposed to just being a, a guy who was going to get beat up. Wow. You know, Corey, you know, you know I've, I've handed a couple of compliments to you today, but I have to throw out another one, and that is the great job you're doing with the After the Bell podcast. And, the, you know, you as a host. And right now on Apple Podcasts, you can listen to your interview with Murphy. And you have done a phenomenal job. And, and I would think that's kind of like a difficult position. Listen, I can come here on Busted Open on Sirius XM and I can let my opinions fly because there's really nobody overseeing me. But you've done a, a fantastic job balancing that. You know, this is a WWE product, but it, it does sound like you get to be a little opinionated on your show as well. Sure, and there, there have been some hiccups along the way. I mean, I was the first WWE podcast before anyone kind of realized that the podcast network was going to take off and we were going to have you know, a, a litany of podcasts and now all the content's available on WWE Network. So it's been a growing process, and I was sort of the guinea pig. Um, but for me personally, it was, it was something else to kind of learn and test myself and my ability to do because, as you know, you guys both know, it, it's difficult to interview somebody if you don't know what you're doing. And I really had no experience as far as doing an actual interview. I mean, commentary at ringside isn't exactly the same, but to be able to keep a conversation moving and try not to, you know, get, get lulled into the, the doldrums of the, the minutia of the people's business. And, and, and I have and like a gossip. cool relationship with a lot of these guys. I'm sorry? And the gossip. Yes, exactly. And, and if I do, you know, from time to time, I'll bring up the gossip or, or a hot rumor and let people either, you know, confirm or deny it. But I, that's not that's not my my gig. I, I know there, there's a place, and a lot of fans like you know dirt sheets and, and behind the scenes stuff, and that's their prerogative, and that's cool, and, and I have a lot of respect for that. But that's not what I want to do. I kind of have the opportunity to get to know these superstars that you see on TV for five or six minutes at a time, but you don't necessarily know what makes a guy like Murphy tick. You, mm -hmm. I I've known right. Murphy for several years and we've always gotten along well, but I didn't know his journey just to get to WWE. And I, I learn, learn a lot about these guys each and every week um, having just kind of down to earth conversations. And it's just a chat. You know, I, I go in there with next to no notes for these, you know, unless there's something pressing that I know I need to get to. Um, I just like to sit down and kind of freeform chat about whatever, you know, everybody's got a, a, a unique story. So it's exciting for me to bring those to light. 
You know, you mentioned M Michael Cole earlier, and I and I think one of the reasons why you probably have great chemistry with him is because you said you're friends. You hang out afterwards, and you said you talk a lot about music. Like, what what kind of music are you listening to? Well, I know Cole is a diehard Springsteen guy, uh, which I'm sure you can relate because Cole, I I know, has spent some time in that state known as New Jersey. And that's why I'm inclined <laughs> to give you the benefit of the doubt these days. I realize people can change. But um, for me, man, I'm into everything all the time. I always have music playing. I, I know it's a bit premature, but I'm already kind of in the Christmas holiday spirit right now uh, at the house. You know, just this year has been so wild. We actually decorated our home already pre-Thanksgiving, which I know is super taboo. But um, musically, there's always something new out. I mean, I have, you know, my Apple subscription, my Spotify subscription. I, I just, it depends on the day and the mood. So I, I couldn't tell you, hey, I'm, I'm only into this right now. But uh, there's always stuff, you know, that I, my, my musical taste changes like the weather. I'm more of a Bon Jovi than a Springsteen guy, if you're talking Jersey music. Okay, well, I tried to give you credit. <laughs> hey, really quick, too, like with Survivor Series coming up on Sunday and, and SmackDown and and. Mark would agree. SmackDown's been killing it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree. It, it, I agree it's been you. great on Fridays, and the big reason is Roman. And you know, talk a little bit about Roman Reigns and like this family, uh, you know, bloodline, this story that's going on that's really based, obviously, in reality. I think is a perfect fit for Roman right now. I think it's the perfect example of when you bring the right amount of reality into the sports entertainment business, and you just capture it. It can be magic, and and this is. This is kind of interesting to a lot of the guys that know Roman because this isn't a new character. This, this is Roman Reigns. This is the guy that we've all known and loved or despised for years. Roman believes this stuff that he says. Roman knows that he is the guy, you know, keeping, keeping SmackDown ahead of the pack right now, and he's getting his just due. But I, I genuinely enjoy the hell out of it because I, I have the utmost respect for, for the entire family, the Anawaii family and beyond. They've actually helped me out personally in my career. One of my first big breaks internationally was with uh, Rikishi's company uh, over in Europe, started doing some stuff there and, and uh, Black Pearl. And, and when I first broke in in Pittsburgh, Samu was around at, at the, uh, the indie that I trained at. So I, I've had a lot of, spent a lot of time with the family and gotten to know everybody. So to, to see that kind of play out on screen and for the whole world to get to know that that legacy is legitimate and it's not some, some storyline that was drawn up, you know, in, in a writer's room. This is, this is real life, uh, you know, tension and family and, and everything that they say is the absolute truth. And I just think it's so awesome for the world to get to experience it. And talk about like, you know, his opponent on Sunday, Drew McIntyre, you know, and Drew McIntyre, you know, winning that WWE championship again. And I mean, it's unbelievable to think about this, but every day that he has been champion, Corey has been a champion in front of no crowd. Like I get it, the Thunderdome and the LEDs and everything, but how difficult it must be for Drew because, you know, especially old school, you, you kind of gauge by the reaction that you get from the right. crowd, how, you know, how difficult that must have been being a reigning champion, even that moment of winning the title without a crowd present. In a different context, I would have said Drew is in an unwinnable situation, but I will also reverse course and say that I don't know if anyone could have done a better job under these circumstances than Drew. Has. True. Um, True. You know, Speak on it. 
Yeah, I mean, Drew Drew entered in an unwinnable situation. Here, here, Think of the, the year that that guy had, winning the Royal Rumble in front of 40,000 people. And then here comes the, the pinnacle moment of his career, if not life. He's going to headline WrestleMania for the WWE Championship. It literally does not get any bigger than this. And, and to have that taken away and just kind of stay the course. And Drew, to his credit, realized, hey, man, these are unusual circumstances. These are strange times. But we need somebody that you can hitch the wagon to. And Drew has worked his ass off. And also hats off to Randy, who, for whatever reason, all these years later, just decided to have maybe the best year of his career as yep. far as in the ring. Yeah. And the two of those guys, man, have been absolute magic all summer long. But, yeah, I, I can't say enough about the job that Drew's done. And, and I truly believe that, you know, when the world returns to normal, whenever that may be, uh, that McIntyre will have his chance. And I, I can't wait to hear the fans show their appreciation because I think this is one of those rare instances where whether you like it or you don't, everyone kind of looks at this and goes, well, you know, this is 2020. It, it, the world is upside down. And I think people will actually very much appreciate what Drew was able to do during his tenure as champion. No doubt about we, we it. Say, we've been saying that for the longest. Like, Drew McIntyre has done an unbelievable job. He's been dealt the rawest hand of all hands uh, as it relates to pro wrestling and I'm hoping that things clear up soon because uh, he needs to have that time as champion with a crowd. He, he, I, mean, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, my, he my heart broke just that. like I'm sure Mark Ears did and, and anybody who watched it. Yeah, Drew had the moment at WrestleMania, beat Brock Lesnar. And wow. and it's just this weird, sterile environment. I know watching going, man, that's gotta, he's got to be dying inside. But, man, he, he stayed the course, and, and I'm happy as hell for Drew. Corey, what about for you? I mean, you know, commentating is obviously completely different than stepping into the ring. So how has it been doing that commentating and announcing when there's no crowd around you? At first, man, it was jarring. It was really bad. We were in the performance center for the first few months of the pandemic. Um, it, it, I mean, just like the, the talent, we, we feed off of the crowd in a different way, more so for our, our tone and when we need to push the excitement and, and – accentuate certain moments we as commentators feed off the crowd as well so to have that completely gone and then it becomes we're just narrators we're just telling the story that's supposed to be told without the variable that is the wwe universe or a live crowd that can sway things and change things and even turn things completely around so to have that sterile environment was was very jarring at first now that we have the thunderdome uh, we actually have some crowd noise piped into our headsets for Cole and I, uh, so so we kind of know when we need to to exaggerate or speak up or slow down uh, based on that. But it, it's it's not perfect. I mean, we I think with the Thunderdome, we've we've taken some amazing steps, and it is truly state of the art. And as far as live entertainment goes around the globe, I, I challenge you to find anybody doing better than what WWE is doing right now. But there's no valid replacement for live fans. No. It's difficult. It's difficult. And now, Corey, I mean, it's been a feel-good interview with you today, and I appreciate the time. And, and first of all, coming on, on on show day, so we really appreciate it. But you have caused some controversy lately, and I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't bring this up. So I do have to ask a very tough question if you're comfortable with me asking it. Let's go for it. All right. From what I hear, and now we're in the holiday season, and you said you're already starting to decorate for Christmas, even though it's not even Thanksgiving. It's way do you too early. Really, do you really feel 
that Home Alone is not a Christmas movie? I do, but allow me to explain. And I need to start out by saying in no way am I disparaging the movie Home Alone because obviously things get taken out of context. I love Home Alone. It is a classic. I watch it all the time. My argument with my significant other was simply that if you took Home Alone and rather than it being set during Christmas time, you did it any other time of year. Let's say that the McAllister family went to you know, Paris because of the 4th of July or whatever their reason may be, any time of year, the plot still stays the same. It's about Kevin McAllister. It's, it's about Macaulay Culkin, you know, defending his property because of this crazy, you know, crazy with travel. Yeah, the robbers. Exactly. That's But my point is the, the movie will still work if you take it out of Christmas. It's not a an inherently Christmas movie. Yes, there are Christmas themes and elements, and I understand why people watch it during Christmas. My whole point was it's not like an elf or Christmas vacation or anything that you specifically can only watch around the holiday. Right. I see that. I see that. I'm, I, I guess it's I a good to, argument. That's Thank a hell you. of an argument. It's a good, I don't you? agree I with it, but it's a good argument. So then one movie that I say is definitely not a Christmas movie, and I get shit for it all the time, is Die Hard. I don't care what anybody. Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. What about Trading Places? Completely agree. Trading Places places isn't a Christmas movie either. But it happens during Christmas. But that doesn't. That's just the the backdrop. Listen, the Die Hard one. It drives me nuts because Die Hard was released on July fifteenth. A movie isn't released on July fifteenth in the middle of the summer if it's a Christmas movie. I, I gotta agree with you, Dave. See, we're already wow. here. I, got, I, ca- I caught a lot of flack, as you can imagine, but I wasn't in any way saying anything negative about the movie. Of course yeah, not. Home Alone's a fantastic, it's a classic. It is. I love it, but I, I'm just as inclined to watch it mid-March as I am, you know, New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve. Exactly. Wow. And, Good. You know, and see, we're getting a little bit closer here. By the way, Trading Places released July 8th, so a movie isn't coming out July 8th if it's a Christmas movie. I, I, Corey, I think we've we've gained some ground here in bonded. our relationship. We've been bonded. Yeah, I think we bonded I, I a little bit. I, I woke up this morning and I expected many things, the last of which was to bond with Dave LaGreca on Busted Open. But see, it's 2020. <laughs> the right. world has gone mad. Anything can happen. The world has gone mad. Corey, Chris, good luck. To, not that you need it. Not that you need it, but good luck, good luck tonight and good luck on Sunday at Survivor Series. And we truly, especially since it's game day, truly appreciate you coming on the air and joining us this morning. No, nah, my pleasure, man. Thank you for what you guys do. Uh, I'll see you soon, Mark. And, uh, Dave, I will talk to you uh, one of these days. Yeah, who knows? Appreciate it, Corey. Thank you. <laughs> right, thanks, guys. Hi, this is Adam Shine. The Adam Shine Podcast is back for another football season. I'll give you my passionate, hard-hitting takes every week, including picks against the spread and fantasy football advice, all while talking to the biggest guests in all the sports, celebrities, media personalities, diehard football fans on a weekly basis. It's the Adam Shine Podcast with new episodes dropping on Tuesdays. You can listen to the podcast anytime on the SiriusXM app, iTunes, Pandora, and with Stitcher. Let's go to Steve in St. Augustine. What's going on, Steve? Hey, thank you guys for taking my phone call. I got uh, three little things I want to talk about. One's a movie. Um, in my opinion, I think Chris Jericho is slowly becoming the new man since R- Ric Flair retired. This is my opinion. But I want to ask you guys a question about Lance Archer. Why haven't they pushed him, or what does he need to do to become 
the next big, big, big man, big thing, because I kind of see a lot of similarities to another guy called the Master of Pain. If you remember that guy who went on to be really successful, uh, does he need? What does he need to do to be, get to that next level? And I'll take my answer off the air. Thank you, guys. All right, Steve. Thanks for the phone call, uh, Mark. I I don't think Lance Archer is lacking in anything. My opinion, I think with AEW, is AEW has a lot of talent right now. And they, I know they have AEW Dark, and and at times you see Lance Archer, but you know, really, they're they have the one show on TNT, AEW Dynamite, two hours long, and they got a lot of talent. But I don't think Lance Archer is lacking in any tools. No, not at all. I think that Lance Archer needs to uh, develop a set and take a chair, go sit the chair in the middle of the ring, grab a microphone, and say, I I don't blame nobody for not wanting to wrestle me. Hell, I wouldn't want to wrestle me. But I'm going to sit right here until somebody develops a set and comes out here and takes his ass whooping like a man because that's all I'm handing out. And then you you do that two or three weeks in a row. <laughs> it's it's over. He gonna be he's he'll be like one of the best things on the show, because he's that dominant of a personality. Uh, I think a lot of it is some of these guys don't want to make waves, and I'm like screw that man. Like look. If you want to be on TV, go out there and try to steal it. Because even sometimes people will say, hey, uh, you know, don't do this, don't do that, you know, because they want the main event to have it. Sometimes you just got to take it on your own. Mark, let me ask you this. Does it help or hurt Lance Archer that he has Jake the Snake Roberts? Um... I don't think that it hurts him, but I can see him using Jake as one of the things that allows him to turn it up another notch. Like, listen, man, your services are no longer required. So you go back to the old folks home and you let me do what I do. And when he drags his head down, everybody's going to be like, damn, come on, man. You didn't have to go there. You know, it's like you have to use everything that's around you as a weapon. And I think that that's what young wrestlers uh, forget. And guys like him who uh, is not a young wrestler, but sometimes you don't want to make waves, especially when people say, hey, man, you know, we're doing this thing and, you know, we'll get to you next week. And we'll get to you next week. And we'll get to you next week. Eventually, you got to be like, okay. But when I do get my chance, like, it's going to be hell to pay. And and, and that's, you got to steal it. You got to steal the spotlight. The spotlight is not given. It don't matter if, if people say, oh, man, we're going to put the rocket on you. We're going to give you the big push. It's bullshit. It's about getting over. And a lot of these guys, they they don't know how to or they're afraid to do it because they're going to piss somebody off. Stop with the politicking and go and get over. And if, if, if I had his phone number, I'd call him and tell him, 
Like, brother, it's time for you to get over because when you came in, I was super excited. And now you done cooled off. You cooled off. You're on the shelf. So, yeah. Is that Lance's fault or is that AEW's fault that he's on the shelf? Because It's both. It's both yeah. because you, you work together. But, like, what's more important? And um, at some point you got to say, look, man, I, I waited long enough. Moxley did his thing, and now it's my turn. Yeah, and I, 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 I mean, personally, I love Lance Archer. I mean, I, he's got great size. He's got a great look. He's awesome in the ring. I mean, this guy was in main event matches in the Tokyo Dome. So, yeah. like, this, 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 he is a master in the squared circle. I look at Lance Archer, Mark, and I look at a champion. Like, he, yeah. I, in my opinion, he should have one of these championship titles around his waist. Dave, let me tell you what I see when, I, when Lance Archer – I don't see the the rock and roll music. I see an ominous presence type music playing. I see a spotlight on him as he walks to the ring. And then he gets in the ring and he does exactly what I said. Call people out and then have good matches. It don't make you a heel. It don't make you a baby face. It makes you a dominant personality. That's where wrestling has gone to the shits. Is we worry too much about good and evil. Even though you have to tell the story of good versus evil. Mm -hmm. As Jim Ross would say, the black hat and the white hat. You got to do it. But how you do it is what makes wrestling interesting. Us as fans... What do we want? Suspended belief. Yep. And that dude, when he walks to the ring, I feel like somebody's about to get their ass kicked. Yes. He's a badass. And that's what I want. Yeah, he, he's a badass. And speaking of... I AEW, want him to kick people's ass. He, I mean, I want to see it too. And, like, I, and I agree with you when you talked about Jake the Snake Roberts because there are times like that legend by your side could you know could steal the spotlight and and that's gonna be a question I'm gonna ask you in just a second, but I don't think Jake the Snake Roberts does that. Like I think Jake Roberts is a good compliment for for him. I, I I don't think he steals the spotlight. Now, when you look at AEW and you look at Taz and you look at Brian Cage and Hobbs and Ricky Starks right now, I I, I tend to agree. And Bully has said this too. I I tend to agree that Taz. And and listen, this is not a fault on Taz. Taz has that type of personality and character. He kind of steals the spotlight a little bit when it comes to that faction he's managing. Because right he now. can. It's because he can. If you're allowed to. Like, I, I look at what happened on Wednesday, and you have Will Hobbs come out, and man, he runs off the guys with a chair and. Uh, Picks up the title, nails Cody. That I guess that was his moment. It should have been for him. That he should have been the one looking down the camera. He should have been the one that stood up in front of everybody. And people put their hand on his shoulder and pat him, and he turns and looks at him like, no, no, it ain't that kind of party player. Like, back up. 
Don't stand in front of me. You see me, I'm, I'm, I'm in, like, people feel the realness. And Taz, that's been his whole stick. I don't fault Taz. I fault the people that's around that don't say, hey, this is my moment. Let me take it. You better work for it. I mean, Taz is Taz. Is Taz. I mean, you got to at some point go, okay, is this about me or is this about them? But I'm not really overly mad at Taz. I'm just, you know, I want other guys to realize the the – the the severity of what a moment can make you or not. And you can't allow nobody to take your moment. You just can't. That that show on Wednesday should have ended with a tight shot of Hobbs with that chair in his hand. It should have. Or the title. And standing over Cody, looking at Taz looking at Cage, and then looking at the fan at home. Yeah, I see you through the camera. I'm looking at you right now. And and that, it's got to be taught. You know, like, I I still think these, these are young guys and girls, um, especially at AEW NXT. And... But I, I, it's not. I'm not faulting anybody. I'm just saying that your awareness has got to grow. Hey everyone, this is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the Sirius XM app and Apple Podcasts. Let's go out to Victor in Tampa. What's going on, Victor? Victor. Hey, guys. Can you hear me okay? We got you, buddy. Oh, there you go. Sorry, guys. I'm in my office. Love your show. Every day. Thank you. Very so I, I wanted to say something about Survivor Series. I'm a little upset that NXT isn't a part of it because I really wanted to see the women's uh, match between Sasha, Hiro, Shirai, and um, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry, guys. No, but but you know what, Victor? One of the big things, and we were talking, Gabby and I were talking about this during break. One of the biggest things about Survivor Series last year, Mark, was that NXT was evolved in Survivor Series. And yeah. and to me, like, there's a big absence with them not being involved. Like, that brought a lot of buzz to Survivor Series that we don't have, at least with these, you know, Team Raw, Team SmackDown matches that we're going to see on Sunday. But you yeah. know what? I, as much as I miss it, I, I, I still hope that takeovers are the main thing with NXT. And you know there won't be other there won't be Raw and SmackDown on those takeovers. So let let them save all the best of NXT for NXT. And That's also true, too, guys. Victor, really quick, like, uh, and I keep stepping on you, Victor. I'm sorry, but like, not well, Rio Rio Ripley and Io Shirai. That you could say, hey, that would have been a great match to have at Survivor Series. But you know what? And and I'm gonna get on my soapbox a little bit here as a preacher, like. Well, you know, you had it on free TV on Wednesday, and the 
and the ratings were down. I, I don't get it. Like Rhea Ripley. They trying to build the ratings back up. Yeah, I That's mean, why but, you have those matches. Yeah, you. I mean, to me, like I'm surprised that more people didn't tune in for that match because, all right, people would love to have seen that Survivor Series. But you had Mark and and Victor. Thanks for the phone call. You had it on free TV uh, on Wednesday. And you're going to see a lot more of that, not only from NXT, but AEW, by the way. Because AEW doesn't have another pay-per-view till February. That Moxley match with Kenny Omega is going to be on, on Dynamite on a Wednesday. So, as you always say, Bully, who wins? The pro wrestling fan wins when you have something like that. Yeah, well, I, I mean, the, the pro wrestling fan definitely wins. And Bully is always one that... Um, says what he means and means what he says and I, I agree but you can't have everything at once I think that we're we're too impatient with what we want as wrestling fans mm-hmm. and not tolerant enough to realize that NXT is ha- they, they have their own pay-per-views they, they have takeover so like don't give everything to Raw and SmackDown pay-per-views when they have their own. I'm just saying. No, I get it. But, like, Survivor Series was a little bit more fun last year because NXT was involved in that. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.